The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the sponsor, Gross and Schuster. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. It's the Pensacola Expert Panel. I am your host, Jake Walker. I'm joined this morning by Terrence A. Gross. Check him out, grossandschuster.com, 434-3333. How you doing this morning? Doing great. Glad to be here. And, uh, of course, I have a a lot to talk about. Um, Many of you have been listening to this show on this program for many years, uh, but it's been a long time since I talked about the ABCs of what to do after an accident. And I thought I'd take this opportunity to go over that again. Uh, Our law firm specializes primarily in car accidents. That's the most usual way people tend to be injured. We also do slip falls, trip falls, and dog bites, but our main focus is on car wrecks. So let's talk about car wrecks. So Sometimes there are instances where there are car wrecks and you're just incapacitated. I mean, you can't get out of the vehicle. The next thing you know, there's a backboard, an EMS person, and you're being transported to the hospital. So there's not much you can really do as far as my advice today. But most people aren't transported by backboard and ambulance immediately. And what generally happens is there's a car wreck, you're stove up, you're nervous, you're, you're achy, you're dizzy, uh, maybe nauseous, whatever. But you do get out and, 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 and you're walking around a little bit to see what's going on and maybe talk to the other driver. And this advice applies to you. I would say, first and foremost, try to take pictures of anything that you feel is relevant. Because everybody's got their cell phone now. All cell phones uh, are cameras. So take pictures of both vehicles. Take pictures of that person's license plate. I've had a few people where the defendant stops and then all of a sudden gets the heebie-jeebies and takes off before the police gets there. So that license plate could be invaluable. Uh, If there's something uh, noteworthy like skid marks or uh, where the car went off the road or anything like that, or a stop sign that is defective, maybe down or hard to see anything you think that may be relevant, take those pictures. They could be uh, worth a fortune three or four years later when you're in a courtroom before a jury that knows nothing about this accident. So these are all uh, important things to do. More importantly, I would highly suggest, and, and again, this is if you're able to, But sometimes there are eyewitnesses, but a lot of eyewitnesses, they may stop briefly, but they got to get to work. They may have a doctor's appointment and they just can't stay and they're gone. Once they've left, if you don't have their phone number or business card, you've lost them forever. So anyway, I would uh, indicate that what you need to do is... Use your camera, take a picture of a business card, get them to write down a cell number because the eyewitness can break a case wide open. <clears throat> so 
Um, by the way, I'm just getting over a cold, so excuse me. But um, anyway, uh, those are important things that could help preserve a case because an independent witness, you know, is going to be hard for a def- insurance company to cross-examine at trial because they don't know you. They have no uh, dog in the fight, so to speak. And their testimony could be prevailing because sometimes they say he said, she said, versus what you're saying and what the defendant is saying. And the defendant, if they're a good liar, could prevail, even though you know what you're saying is the God's honest truth. Then there's other things that that are important. Now, one thing I marvel at, uh, certainly there's all kinds of personal injury lawyers. Some advertise, some don't, whatever. But we all have something in common. Every personal injury lawyer has one thing in common, and that is we have free consultations. So <clears throat> some people don't want to talk to a lawyer because they're afraid of incurring a consultation fee because they had to pay one for their divorce. They had to pay one when they uh, were getting their will done or whatever or some advice on estate planning. Personal injury lawyers, by definition, universally do not charge for consultation fees. So it's free. So why in the world would you not talk to one or two personal injury lawyers right after an accident just to know your rights. Uh, That would be very, very important. And uh, you may learn some things. Uh, Retaining a lawyer early on is important. I I find it even more important if liability is disputed. If you got one of these he said, she said things, because what we've been able to do, a, a lot of accidents are intersectional accidents. In other words, they happen at an intersection. And it could be both of you say you had the green light or whatever it may be. Well, what do we know about intersections? Usually on any intersections, there's usually some type of business. Uh, And so if there is a junior food, if there is uh, some kind of a Kentucky Fried Chicken or McDonald's, they may very well have surveillance. Now, that's for their own security in their parking lot, but you won't believe how many times we have been able to look at the footage of that security camera and actually seen the accident that was picked up on it by the angle of the camera. And it's happened time over time over time for us. But those uh, video cameras usually tape over themselves. They're continual running. Nobody goes through the pain of changing tapes out and storing tapes. It's not really done in the industry. What they do is it's just one continuous tape. And if you wait a couple of weeks before trying to retrieve that tape, it may be forever lost. So we, that's one of the first things we do. If we think there's going to be a contest on liability, we try to go out to that vicinity and retrieve any and all surveillance uh, that may be associated with that. And I just, I got case after case that we've broken wide open. I had one that happened at the Civic Center right in front of uh, the Crown Plaza. And it was uh, my, we were representing an older lady and there was a young man. They both said they had the green light. There was uh, no eyewitnesses. The officer investigating, it was Pensacola Police. And he was about to give nobody a ticket when the security guard from Crown Plaza came up and says, uh, you need to come back here, officer. He took him to the uh, room and took him there 
and was able to um, show him the images showing that the boy was lying, that he had run a red light very clearly. It was put on the accident report. We were able to get that image uh, tape from uh, Crown Plaza, and we had a case now that was a slam dunk for us as opposed to contested liability. As is always the case, we do take callers, and I believe we do have a caller. Uh, we have uh, Mike from uh, Pensacola. Good morning, Mike. What's your question? Hey, good morning, Mr. Gross. Good morning. Uh, love your show. Um, it's always nice to hear uh, your great advice. All right, great. Thank you. Auto accident suit. Yeah, thank you so for listening. I'm going to the end, and I'm going to mediation finally. Um, my case will be four years old since we filed in this June, but we're going to mediation here in February. And I wonder if you had any advice. I mean, it's pretty much a slam dunk. I was rear-ended on uh, expecting attorney to do, and should I keep my mouth quiet? Or it's going to be through Zoom now. They don't do anything face-to-face. I was just wondering if you had any advice. Well, yeah, you should follow your lawyer. You got a lawyer. In some cases, do get bogged down. And when you say it's a slam dunk, just because you got rear-ended, I would agree with you, Mike, that it's a slam dunk on liability because you weren't driving backwards. Right. But but they can always debate your injuries, Mike. Right. They can always say you're not as injured right. as much as you say you are. Uh, they can try to argue right. that maybe you had some prior problems that they've dug up with subpoenas and found maybe yeah. where you saw a chiropractor three years ago or her, had some uh, on-the-job injury right. or something. But they're always going to argue right. something. Yeah. So you you should yeah, follow the vice of your lawyer, but mediation is not arbitration. Arbitration is where that per, that person actually makes a decision. So the only way your case is going to settle at mediation is if you, the claimant, and the insurance company agree in a figure. So usually what happens is you and your lawyer start at a number higher than you really want, truthfully, the lawyers should consult with you first and prepare, and they may say, Mike, I think your case is worth 75000 but let's start at 125000 and then the insurance company may start at 25000 and you're all mad and you're hot and bothered. Mediation, I don't care what the money is. It seems like it always takes three or four hours, and you go back and forth like a ping-pong ball. But but uh, I, I'm presuming by the time you go to mediation, they must have taken your deposition haven't they already taken your deposition? Oh, yes, sir. And, and different doctors. Right. I had a uh, cervical neck surgery with, you know, plates and screws. And oh, then your case is worth much more. Is, yeah. Okay, yeah. so if you've had a cervical yeah, their, fusion. Their doctor said, you didn't need surgery. Yeah. And yeah, so now your case said, is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So, yeah, so you've got a big case, yeah. Mike. And, uh, and, and it sounds like there must be plenty of insurance. Otherwise, they would have been tendered. So again, the, the numbers may be different than what I'm saying. You may start off at 750,000, they may offer you 100,000, but what happens, the mediator becomes like a ping pong ball going back and forth, back and forth, trying to get the two parties closer together. And then normally what happens, so let's say your bottom line was 500,000. That's the number that you want. You want 500,000 for this neck fusion surgery and then the carrier stops at 400,000 and they won't pay a penny more than 400 you won't take a penny less than 500 well usually two things happen either after a month or two somebody blinks and you settle for 450,000 
or you, you end up trying to get a court date and 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 a court date. So the day you you uh, impasse, if you impasse at mediation, it takes about another year to get a court date because the courts are backed up. They got backed up in COVID, and they've never really worked through it. Plus, the judges don't give personal injury lawyers a lot of weeks. Out of 52 weeks, a judge may hear personal injury cases for four or six weeks. Most of it is dominated by criminal cases. Maybe divorce, too, but but most of these judges are hearing a lot of criminal cases, and that takes up most of their time. They give very little time to personal injury cases. So it does take a long time. Doesn't mean you have a bad lawyer. It these cases, and especially with surgery cases, they tend to take longer because usually you you try not to have surgery. You go through pain management. You get MRIs. You may use a chiropractor, and then you reluctantly have surgery. Then you got to recuperate from surgery, and and so that's why these. So usually the bigger the case, the longer it takes. So so the fact that it's this long. Uh, is not an aberration. It's not unusual. Thank you very much for calling. I uh, hope that, that works out for you well at mediation. And now uh, I got a few minutes left. I want to get back to my topic. And I'm glad Mike called. Anybody else can call. I love people that call. Uh, and, and you could do so at, at any time. Yep. 437 1620 uh, is our number. You're listening to the Pensacola Expert Panel here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. My guest this morning is Terrence A. Gross, uh, personal injury uh, attorney, grossandschuster.com online or 434 Yeah, and, and, and that's what usually happens. I tell you, real before we go back to my topic, this, that's a usual case, even for me, is most people don't have an accident and go right into surgery. They, they probably end up and then the, it's complaining and then eventually somebody orders an MRI. The MRI shows a herniated disc and, and it's impinging a nerve root. They see a surgeon. They say they have radiculitis and that the only way to cure that is we'll try some injections first, but if that doesn't work, then ultimately surgery because surgery is obviously the last resort. You're putting plates and screws in your spine. is not somebody's first choice, but if your pain is bad enough and if you've got this numbness and tingling and weakness in your arms and fingers, then then you may just end up with a, a cervical fusion of your neck. But anyway, uh, getting back to my topic, I was talking about car wrecks and the witnesses. Let's, let's switch our focus because we also do a lot of slip falls and trip falls. What is the biggest difference between a car wreck and a slip fall legally? And the biggest difference is this. For every car wreck there is, and 90 some odd percent of them, it's going to be investigated by law enforcement. Very few car wrecks happen where there's no officer investigating. So at a grocery store, you you slip and fall at a grocery store, there is no police officer. The police aren't called. They don't come in. Who investigates it? The store manager. Is he a neutral, independent person? No. He works for the store. He has been trained, and they all have been trained, to minimize the exposure to the store. So if there was an eyewitness, and the and he's right there, you're on the floor, you're in pain, there's an eyewitness hanging around, do you think the store manager is going to write down the name, address, and phone number of the eyewitness? No, they're trained not to do that. They don't want to create a record for a lawyer to see that may help that lawyer help the victim win the case. So they purposely omit 
the eyewitness. Uh, that's just it's just a trick of the trade. So it behooves you. I know. And if you fall on the floor, there's a lot of things that happen. I've had so many people explain. So you're an adult person. Now you're sitting in the floor of a grocery store. People looking at you. You, you kind of feel awkward. You're embarrassed. I mean, you're sitting there. I mean, you were just shopping, and now you know you're sort of the center of focus, and you can't get off the floor because either your knee is screwed up or your back is screwed up, or whatever your body part you injured, and you're embarrassed. Your pants may be wet because you fell in some fluid or whatever it was that caused you to fall, and you know, and you're, and you're in a lot of pain. So I know you're not a lawyer, but it, it would behoove you to look around your surroundings to try to get the name of that eyewitness yourself to try to get a business card or something because once that eyewitness leaves, they are forever gone. And you can tell your lawyer, oh, this person saw everything. They were so great and they said something and they agreed with me that it was dangerous. Well, if they're gone, they're gone and you can't testify. It's hearsay in court for you. to. The judge is not going to let you give that testimony because of the hearsay rule. Only the witness could give that testimony. You can't testify for an unknown witness. So I know it's hard to have your wits about you with all these things going on, but but it, but when the lawyer gets the case, it's going to make the lawyer's job that much easier to help you prevail in your claim for damages for any negligent conduct <clears throat> that the store may have committed in contributing to your accident. They also have surveillance too. So the earlier you get a lawyer, the uh, a competent lawyer, the first thing we do is we send out something called a preservation letter, and it's a preservation letter. And the letter pretty much says uh, we have been retained by so and so regarding their slip fall that happened on such and such a date. Please preserve every. Uh, surveillance or any kind of photographs or evidence that you may have, do not destroy this evidence. And if they were to later uh, destroy it, a judge may very well rule. What they may do is it's called directing liability in our favor. The judge says, since you destroyed that evidence, after you got the letter from this lawyer, we're going to rule that you're at fault as a matter of law. As a matter of law, because you did not give the claimant or the lawyer the opportunity to see this evidence. You destroyed it, so it's on you, and therefore you're not going to be able to escape liability because you eliminated or destroyed evidence. So, But only a you know, lawyer would know to write that letter. A claimant's not going to know to do that. So, again, we're back to what I started with, why people don't consult with lawyers as soon as possible after an accident, it, it mystifies me because all lawyers, all personal injury lawyers, work on a contingency fee basis, which by definition also means they don't charge for consultations. And and if you don't like one lawyer, uh, try another. If you're going to try to pick a lawyer, and, and people pick lawyers, in the old days people used to go to the phone book, I guess, some uh, probably Google in this day and age. Uh, you got your billboards. I, I wouldn't recommend using billboards or TV ads. That doesn't mean the best lawyers. But anyway, I, I would do a few things. If you're going to try to select a lawyer, there are some telltale tips I'll give you. If you see a lawyer, you know, maybe, maybe you Google him, and he, go, he does 
personal injury and he does family law and he does DUIs and whatever, is that a, a specialist? No, that's a jack of all trades. You want someone that does injury cases only, and, and that should be very evident by any of their web pages or their advertising. And, and next, read their Google reviews. Some of the biggest advertisers out there have horrible Google reviews. Some are almost laughable. Read them. You know, I, I've, I, I've had this law firm for two years. I've never met or talked to a lawyer. What? How in the world? In our law firm, you can't retain us. You cannot even retain us unless you've talked to a lawyer, either face-to-face, by Zoom, or phone. And we love talking to people face-to-face. Sometimes people just can't make it, um, and we do Zoom or, or, or phone calls. But but you talk to a lawyer. Maybe the intake, the first conversation is with a uh, paralegal only because they're getting your address and your email and your phone number and all that other stuff. And then when you want to talk about the, the, the meat and potatoes of a case, you're certainly going to talk to one of the lawyers. And the only lawyers in my law firm are myself and my three sons who are all my law partners. So I, I hope you've learned something today. And if anything, just try to think about that, preserving, take pictures, keep the names of witnesses if you can to help that lawyer later on win the case for you. Uh, this is Terrence Gross. Uh, we have five offices throughout the Panhandle. We have Pensacola, Milton, Fort Walton, Crestview, and Navarre. Our phone number in Pensacola is 850-434-3333. But the best way to really search us out is on the web. Look at our website. We don't brag about million-dollar verdicts or million-dollar settlements. We, we have uh, information pages, just like I've been talking about today. We have uh, uh, articles on no-fault, on uninsured motorists, and so forth. So, grossandschuster.com. This is Terrence Gross. I'll be talking with you in a week or two. All right. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for listening today. This has been the Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Check out grossandschuster.com or give them a call, 850-434-3333. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow. Local talk in the morning, 5 to 9, with Andrew McKay is on News Radio 92.3. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.